0: Look out. Surging up from the depths of the sea. Horrifying, mysterious creatures whose attack on people sends the whole countryside on an endless search. Unless something is done and done quickly.
1: Is this the end of our civilization? You'll pioneer with us the perilous descent into the unknown.
2: What does that mean? What are you even talking about? A deep, penetrating dive.
0: In the last calm and reflective moment, before the monsters came, From the deep
3: dive, welcome to the podcast "Humans from the Deep Dive," where we dig deep into the meanings and context of your favorite monsters and monster movies. Each episode, we'll see guests of myself give our take on an important movie monster and/or film and what we think it means, using everything from history and philosophy to films and folklore. Today is the second episode of our coverage of the Fantasia International Film Festival. It is this three week long massive movie marathon basically and so uh we all brought some of our you know favorites or some in some cases movies we're a little more critical of we all brought movies to the episode that we're going to review uh, like before and and as always be super real about how we feel <laughs> i'm uh i'm your host jeff ewing i'm an entertainment contributor for forbes and looper on everything genre. As always, and today we have y'all folks at home probably remember the greatest cereal of all human history, which is Oops All Crunch Berries, where they realized the entire <laughs> reason people buy Captain Crunch cereal was the Crunchberries, and they poured all that lovely golden magic into one box. Well, today's Oops All Co-hosts. We have everybody. We have <laughs> We have Luna Wee, we have Andre Couture, we have mike vaughn we have uh me again (laughs) um (laughs) and we're gonna just jam out and talk about some great genre film as as before the the genres float so widely that not everything is going to be a monster movie not everything's even going to be horror but everything's going to be worth talking about so thank you for joining us on the second day the second week of our coverage of Fantasia, hell yeah! Thanks, and and everyone, thank you all for for joining me on Oops, all co-hosts.
1: Oh my gosh, can we have a shirt? I want a shirt. No, is that a Republic cereal or what?
3: <laughs> I, I think so. It's it's the world's most delicious, but also it'll it'll I wouldn't eat it though. It's gonna do something to your genetic code. But <laughs> I think it's available it's... in your
0: local local supermarket next to a uh, Commando Cody's um, uh, cereal O's. <laughs>
3: Just chase it down with some Mr. Pib.
1: I mean, if it's
3: anything, like, any, like,
1: ca- like at least I don't know about y'all, but Captain Crunch will actually murder your mouth yeah. from the inside out. Like, mm-hmm. so if you eat Oops All Co-hosts, I mean, there's there's a 100% chance you'll wake up haunted. Yeah, it's more yeah. of a time bomb.
0: Like, it, it seems fine when you're eating it, but then, like... The next morning, look out.
3: Yeah, because basically, like, <laughs> you'll wake up the next morning, either a ghost or a monster, and then you're a member of our army. So, welcome, I Boom. guess. <laughs> All right, um, folks, who wants to kick it off? Does anyone have a particularly burning preference?
1: Um, I wouldn't mind kicking it off, uh, because I've been freaking out about this film well, since I watched it. Well, let's just
3: do it, then.
1: Boom, here we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> So, I want to talk about Dreams on Fire. Um, which is this Japanese and Canadian film uh, cool. directed and written by Philippe McKee. Um, and holy hell, did it blow me away in the first, like, 12 seconds. Uh, the, like, description, you know, a little sentence description, I'm sure there's a word for this, um, <laughs> they put out there is, Yume only has one dream to break into the dance world in Japan. She leaves her small town to move to Tokyo and make her mark in her discipline. Now I would say that when I read that, I was like, ah, another dance film. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all, and for those of you that don't know, I am a professional performing artist, so I'm not usually impressed by dance films. It's usually Mm -hmm. very like two dimensional and it's some choreographer trying to show off their stuff and it's fine. Um, And it has Jessica Alba. And it has Jessica Alba. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I will say that, like, okay, I watched this and I was like, huh, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, I would say that this film is, like, an intricate balance between showcasing the art of dance itself, the stages of dance capitalism, which I think is very important, and then the personal journey of finding out where you where you live in that ecosystem of cool. dance capitalism, whether or not that's really what you want to to do from the outset. Right? Um, it's very realistic, a very real. Uh, the emotionally, it's very authentic. Um, mm-hmm. It's beautiful to watch. The choreography that you do see is it doesn't feel like it's like showcasing anything even though you as a viewer of the film are participating in dance capitalism yeah. you're it's it still doesn't feel like okay this choreographer wanted to blah 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 like you see just enough um to interest you but really the story is about the main character it's not about some person trying to get ahead which I'm not trying to shit on that but like at the same time it's done a lot and I'm kind of over it because mm-hmm. I've been watching those films since I was old enough to watch films.
3: Yeah, for a second, I thought we were reviewing A Star is Born and I was very confused. What? what? <laughs> a Star is Born has that same, like, trying to make it in the arts against the realities. Oh, of.
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Sorry exactly. for interrupting you, you're all good.
1: Oh, no, 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 you're good. Um, so I, I, In general, I think it's like, Different enough that I ate, it's worth watching. And I'm literally going to like message all of my friends in the arts and not in the arts when it, like, if and when not if when this movie comes out, I'm just gonna be like, you have to go see this, you have to go see this. Um, because I do think that there is an important message within the messages of the film about staying authentic to your personal style of movement and which I'm getting into like dancey nitty gritty for a second. Um, but like there is a lot of effort in the dance world to be aesthetically someone else. And that is never mm-hmm. going to get you as far. If mm-hmm. your goal is to be, if, if the reason you're dancing is because you want to express something within you, you're always going to be able mm-hmm. to express yourself within your movement easier and better than when you're trying to express yourself through someone else's mm-hmm. movement. Um, mm-hmm. And this film touches on that, which is like, I was like, Yeah, yes, just like snapping in the back on my couch. <laughs> like, it's, it's what I tell my students all the time. It's something that a lot of people don't really talk about because there is such a like, okay, in commercial dance, you're going to try to like, do all this stuff, be these other people. And you don't have mm-hmm. to like sell your soul entirely to work in the dance field. But it is worth recognizing that, like, if people are just saying no over and over again because you don't look like some Instagram star, then mm-hmm. maybe that's not a bad thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting to me, too, because, like, in, in a lot of the arts, you have people that want to make it big. And so they try and, you know, you have all these voices telling them to do one thing or the other, write a story Mm -hmm. this way or perform a a role that way. But the people that really have the careers that they typically aspire to have Mm -hmm. are the ones that are themselves and bring some, something unique and that stand out. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting how it has parallels in so many different artistic fields.
1: It really does. It's, it's, in that way, it's very relevant, and I appreciate visually how vibrant it is um, mm-hmm. and emotive, because this film mostly focuses on the hip-hop genre, um, mm. and it's, I mean, vibrant and emotive is, is that style of dance, um, mm-hmm. and so I just, I, like, really enjoyed it. I can't wait for it to come out. I will watch it again. Um, that's awesome. Um, I, I
3: love that you could um, that that you were able to be on this episode in general, but also specifically to be able to talk as a dancer about this film because that's a world that I know you really understand. And oh yeah, that, uh, it's it's. Uh, I'm glad that that you can speak to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm happy to. I and like you couldn't stop me anyway. I would if I was gonna be on. <laughs> episode i was gonna talk about this film
3: <laughs> that's true i actually paid people to try and i haven't heard back from them so i'm uh, a little
1: worried No, <laughs> fine it's just been storming a lot in virginia lately uh,
3: yeah i don't
1: know i don't know where all that
3: dirt came from <laughs> <laughs> more ghosts for the pile yeah. <laughs> um, lovely uh well th- thank you so much ha- has anyone else seen the film i haven't seen it yet
0: actually have not but um that sounds super intriguing to me now because like the the description didn't really seem to illustrate much beyond like the you know I, I want to become a professional dancer and like mm-hmm. this is the this character's journey in doing so like it, the synopsis right that's available to us kind of stops there and like just based on that I was like well, I don't really know but if someone has something really really good or something like to shine a light on this movie specifically, showing like uh, individual things without spoiling uh, the film exactly. But um, it it sounds something that that would be totally up my alley, even though like I'm not a dancer, but uh, I do come from an arts background, uh, like music performance and uh, music composition. So uh, that's also very much a major theme in a lot of different competitive spaces Mm, where
1: absolutely
0: music performance is like if you're performing a classical work like you can't do anything outside of what the composer intended and even there like that's all hearsay because this is based on whatever edition um, someone published of say like beethoven's piano concerto works you know just going off on a classical music tangent here.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, and like that's why uh some people just sort of break away from it and they want to put what's inside them out there. And I think that's probably what this movie is uh mm-hmm. addressing, which that's what it seems like from from your uh coverage of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I would say like and, and I didn't mean to make this sound like oh, like it's only going to be enjoyable if you understand no, no. dance or the arts or whatever because it, it it really does transcend in that, like you said, in any competitive mm-hmm. space. in anything where you're trying to find your path in the world in capitalism mm-hmm. and remain authentic to yourself, there's always going to be that friction that you have to navigate, and that's everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine and also just visually it's stunning uh, and not, I'm not just talking about the court like the do, the dance that you do see um, cool. I agree that the synopsis was like okay but the trailer it was, it was, is what got me
3: yeah mm-hmm. like it was just like one of those synopses that I couldn't tell it could be one of two things it could be either mundane to me or it could be great you know like mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell which it is Yeah, Uh, I'm I'm so glad that you connected with it Yay. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely feel that Uh, One, I want to say that uh, For the record, I know it's an English translated title But the title rocks Yeah, for real (laughs) Dreams on Fire is is my high school band name Um, (laughs) And then Two, uh, I definitely feel the competitive artistic pressure under capitalism Because this is a monster podcast But people keep wanting me to do Friday the 13th Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, damn you, Adam Smith. <laughs> well,
0: hey, I mean, I'm part of that party, so, <laughs> but not as a whole. Not as a whole, just like a little slice of it.
4: <laughs> it's yeah. all good.
1: It's all good. No, uh, I, I, yeah, de- definitely. And um, I will say that, like, it is. Uh, if I were to like have some sort of cliche sentence or whatever i would say that like the film is a love letter to dance and japanese innovation specifically there's a lot of like japanese culture in this film but not in a not in a way that is in the authentic because it is a japanese film um so i thought that that was a beautiful like setting for this whole story
3: love it um well i'll i'll, I'll see it now certainly uh thank you so much for for that review it, it sounds like uh like a film that I would really enjoy actually yeah um, uh who who would like to go next with one of their selections
2: um I guess I could go so uh, my first one is uhre hmm and um so the plot is basically um these children are left at their grandparents' house um left without their smartphones. So they kind of have to find their own kind of entertainment. Um, so real life seems boring until they find instructions for a krite, a magical creature who will do anything. It mass it's master says. Um, but the, c- the caveat is you have to keep uh, giving it work. Um, mm. or else it'll wreak havoc. So that's basically the crux of the plot. Um, hmm it was um, all right. <laughs> um, that's maybe being generous. I, I didn't really connect with it. Um, so I, I think the, the biggest issue is um, it has a really interesting premise, but it does a lot of heavy lifting that it doesn't really need to. It has all these really cool things like the whole um, thing about the crate. Uh, legend uh, was really interesting i'm not really sure if that's based on um an actual like um myth or not but
3: Uh, apparently and i have to see the film and verify that it's this but there's a creature with that name from estonian mythology okay and it's formed of hay or old household implements by its master and then you have to give the devil three do- drops of blood for the devil to bring life to it. Hmm.
2: Um, oh, okay. And that's, uh, that's actually what they do in the movie. So legit. Like, yeah. So like there is some really interesting things going on. Um, it's just, it does this thing that just um, bugs the crap out of me, which is like, it overcomplicates the plot when it doesn't really need to like, there's a great story in just having like this crate kind of wreak havoc and you know these kids trying to like deal with it um almost it's almost kind of like um uh pg gorman kind of i don't know if y'all seen that yet so i mean there's kind of like a similar setup although i'm not saying like this one ripped that one off or anything because they're they're very different but Um, it's just, you know, where PG is really good is it like kind of simplifies its plot where Craig kind of overcomplicates it. Right. Um, and like, there's just really weird, like it's, it's trying so hard to be satirical and like, there's, there's moments when I can like see where it's going, but like, it's just it just, it's not smart or well-written enough to be uh, a good satire. And then they do like these, they do this like really weird thing where, um, so there's this bit where they're kind of having like this protest of to save this like sacred forest, which like doesn't really pay off. Like it seems like it should, but anyways, um, they're having this March and, um, they have like tiki torches and obviously that's like a reference to, um, like real world events you know in america which is so baffling because it doesn't remate, like relate to anything like thematically or narr- narrative wise mm-hmm. so it's just referencing something in the guise of like satire i hate and i hate stuff like that
3: mm, okay um
2: yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I will say, like I said, there, there's um, some really good aspects of it, though. Um, like the actress that plays her grandma is really amazing. Um, okay. Her name is uh, Marai Lil. I'm probably butchering that name, um, but but she's like she's fantastic, and I feel like she brings like this really genuine warmth to the movie. Where um, I mean, I think that's what this movie kind of lacks, but um, she's great. I actually think like the kids are really good. Um, And, you know, it it just like visually, it's such an interesting movie. I just wish that they, they would have taken a little more care with the um, screenplay, but Mm, okay. um, Have you all seen it or anyone? I don't, I don't think anyone's seen it yet. No, I haven't seen it
0: yet. Yeah. I still haven't seen a great But it was, uh, interestingly enough, the first movie I tried to watch for the festival. But uh, because, like, on their streaming service, they have, uh, sometimes there's, like, an option for different subtitle languages. Or, you know, certain movies, they're, like, burned in. Uh, I was having issues with the English subtitles showing up. So I was, like, ten minutes in the movie. It was, like, there's not a lot of dialogue at the beginning. Uh, And then as soon as people started talking, like... I don't know what you're saying. Why are there not subtitles? I guess I'll wait to check this one out later if they fix the subtitle thing. And I think they fixed it as of now, but I haven't gone back I haven't gone back and uh tried to rewatch it. Or I mean watch okay. it. Okay. I haven't seen it uh necessarily. So
2: Yeah. I mean it's like I've seen much worse movies. It just makes me frustrating because like the filmmaking is actually not bad. Like I can see, um, the director is, I mean, he's like cribbing other people's style, but like, I can kind of forgive that because he's still kind of finding his own, but like, it makes me frustrated because it's like, there's a good movie in there. If you could have just like streamlined it. Um, so i don't yeah. know like yeah. it's um but it's i mean it's worth a watch it's not um it's not great but it's not like the worst it's just um it just does a lot of like needless heavy lifting in the screenplay and it doesn't
3: really need to yeah, um, it just doesn't quite mean its potential in that regard yeah
2: but i mean like visually it's it's an interesting movie um like the legend is really interesting um so I mean, there's things in it that I liked. Um, I mean, there was like some really good quirky characters that I kind of uh, enjoyed, but um, yeah, it was okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Thank you so much for for your candor and for for bringing that movie forward. Um, I will check it out because it sounds like an interesting entity, and we'll see if uh, if I share your thoughts or if I'm like this is the best thing I've ever seen in my yeah. whole life. You I never guarantee know.
2: guarantee you won't think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I definitely do want to check it out anyway too. Um, and I guess for anyone who uh, is also like, you might be listening to this, like, cause like th- there's a bunch of movies that are um, specifically only available for like a short window of time um, and mm-hmm. other ones that are avail- available, available, um, throughout the entire festival virtually. Uh, Creighton is one of those that's available throughout the entire festival. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Just saying. Uh, don't have to rush to watch it, but uh, it will go away, I think, after the 25th.
3: Okay. Which okay. Thank plastic. you for the caveat.
1: Yeah, thanks.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, so that's... I don't know what day it will be. Let's see. I'm trying to type in the numbers into this time travel calculator it'd be about less than 10 days from when this episode comes out
3: fun fact for the folks at home uh my microphone is a crate actually it's i compose it from a bunch of objects and then i convince uh-huh. the devil to make it a working microphone and i just have to feed it blood every now and then when i record but,
2: but see <laughs> when, when, when when i say crate, i think of like critters right
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, what's interesting is from my ability to casually research on Wikipedia spontaneously. Um, so there's whatever that value is. It could be wrong. Um, is uh, crate are have some similarity to artificial intelligence, and so hmm. um, they're they're used kind of as a metaphor for understanding AI. Sometimes it seems like, which is <laughs> weird. Yeah, that's a weird thing I know now.
1: Huh? Yeah, I'm. I'm like, I know nothing about any of this, so I'm just like, this all sounds really interesting.
2: Every time I learn something like useless, it pushes something else like out, like useful. That's just kind (laughs) of how my brain works.
3: Well, I'm glad that like you know that it's a metaphor for AI sometimes, and also don't know your own name. That's sorry about that. Uh, Um, Love it Uh, Andre are we um, uh, Are you good
0: Yeah uh, I actually wanted to lead into my first one here Because I think it would be a good um, Segue into this one Uh, And This is a So this is the new um, Like John Adams movie It's, It's written and directed By uh, John Adams, uh, Toby Poser, and Zelda Adams, and uh, Toby and Zelda are the two main characters in this movie, um, and that's uh, Hellbender. So this is—I feel it's fair enough to say that, that this is a witch movie, but it has a specific uh, leaning into uh, its the creation of its own mythology. Like I don't mm-hmm. think
4: mm-hmm.
0: Hellbender's as a concept exist anywhere else other than this film Mm -hmm. and what it builds is really really unique and um, it it doesn't give you everything all at once it does actually show and explain things over the course of the film which i find uh really fascinating and i one thing that i love about horror movies is learning the rules Mm
4: -hmm. but not Mm -hmm.
0: in a like a not in a way where you feel bad for not knowing them, even though like the clues were never really prevalent.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but with all of that going underneath pretty, it's a little bit ben- beneath the surface, but uh, it, it follows a mother and a daughter living in seclusion in the woods. Uh, and the daughter isn't allowed to leave the woods or the house. Mm-hmm. Um, basically it to, to leave the mountain range where they live. Um, Specifically, she's not allowed around other people. And we don't know why she seems to think that it's because of like a, some sort of immunodeficiency disease. Like she's like, uh, her immune system is compromised or something like that. Um, It is revealed a little early on that they, they come from a, Matriarchal society of witches that they themselves call themselves Hellbenders. Um, they don't seem to get along with other people very well. Uh, the The daughter at one point, uh, Izzy, discovers that there's other people living like on the other side of the mountain, mm-hmm. and naturally, she wants to. She wants to explore that. She wants to socialize, uh, but her mother is quietly forbidding it. It's not like a, um, shut in sort of situation where she wants her to, uh, stay in the house and like never go out. Uh, but when she does socialize with these people, she doesn't, uh, there's no like punishment uh, that happens. Yeah, She's just like, damn um, it.
3: Like, how yeah, it that's like,
0: about it. like, how was your day? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Yeah, because like it's it's uh it's also for the the folks at home. The mom always knows, like mm-hmm. she's powerful enough that like when when her daughter's out, even though she's not there, like she knows what happens.
0: Yeah, and they do show how she knows, and it's it's super interesting. I really like all of that process that that she has, um, and throughout the whole movie, like you get the sense of the mother. Just worrying about her daughter Izzy, uh, interacting with others. So, in place of you know having Izzy experiment and like wander out, they decide to to do everything together. So that's like they go on hikes together. They go swimming. Um, they have a band. Yeah,
4: they
0: they have this two piece band, uh, also called Hellbender. Uh, But I think the Hellbender uh, band is just the word Hellbender, but every E in the band is replaced with a six, which I think is kind of cool. But it's bass, drums, and vocals. Izzy plays the drums and does the vocals, and uh, her mom plays the bass. And another interesting part of the band is that it also provides some of the the background scoring in the film. So it does help like frame the narrative because it's coming from the two main characters. And that's the perspective that we have uh, in the film. Um, and it also kind of fucking rocks. <laughs> it's like a, um, it's sort of like a, like a quiet post-punk Vibe in terms of like music genre tags, but um, I think it does a really good job, uh, especially lyrically, pointing to uh, Izzy's like internal drives and true nature. Especially when the, there's a scene a little bit later on that I'm going to leave as vague as possible, and that's a, a dream that the mother's having where she's talking to her daughter Izzy. And she says, um, I have, uh, I just wrote some new lyrics for the band. Do you want to hear them? And then it's like something that's so tonally different from the fun style lyrics that they've been, uh, that she's been writing and singing. And it was something that uh, really goes to the heart of the mother's fear of her daughter. Mm hmm. And also, I, I kind of want to hear that song.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, thank you so much for that. Have any of the rest of you seen it? I know, Luna, that you have. Um... I have, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I saw it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, does anyone have any other thoughts that they would like to dialogue about?
2: Um, I have. Well, um, Luna, do you want to do yours first? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, let, let, let's get into it. Yeah, There was a
3: firefight. <laughs> I'm so
1: sorry. I really do feel badly that I just was not impressed with this film whatsoever. And I'm Andre, you know how much I love you. And as you were saying all of these things, my soul was being crushed. <laughs> oh no, no! It's okay. Like I, I um, whew, how do I? I right, so
3: just look, go for it. Look,
1: I think that it was a valiant effort and a lot of work went into this film and I respect that. But from my perspective, the film and everything about it was like the like the jocks that come into the goth bar for sightseeing and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, um yeah, we're, t- we're like, totally into this music, like, talking to the cage dancer because she's wearing fishnet and her ass is half-showing, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I totally listen to edgy music. Yeah, the lyrics go like this, uh, I feel darkness, I feel pain. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, did you try? Like, who, who were you listening to bef- that inspired this? This is just, like, some, like, indie effort to, like, be... An edgy story and interspersing, like I, I felt like it was like, oh, okay, we'll be experimental and like have these songs, that it, it's like we're adding more arts, you know, into this experience. Which I, I respect the effort, but when both efforts could have been done in elementary school and for a creative writing class, I. Oh, I'm sorry. I just had such a hard time with this. <laughs> film.
3: <what> I, <laughs> it's so um, I would say for me, is like, it a, is, it's a little inconsistent, you know what I mean? Like, because there's yeah. some individual scenes that I thought were very well executed, and there were some where I'm just like, um, I get what they were going for, but it seems like, yeah, like you're saying, like, indie film. That. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and for me, when I say indie film, it feels like indie film, that's not a compliment. Right. Yeah. I, I do like indie films, but indie I like when films. they don't, yeah, indie films are great, but I like when they don't feel like
1: yes,
4: uh,
3: you don't you feel the budget and the constraints and whatever. Like I don't like that as much
1: that well, and it's yeah. not necessarily. It's more like, oh, this was a this was a good college try, a literal good college film degree try, right? Like uh, and usually an indie film is like, Oh you didn't have a budget so you could have done more but you were smart in that you didn't try to overreach your effects because you knew that you didn't have the budget to support it whereas right. this film just kept on feeling like it didn't know what it was. It didn't Right like
3: like even the beginning scene like the where you have a uh, like right from the get go there's like a witch that's being like uh you know uh killed oh, as yeah. they do or they they try to at least. Right. Um but then she like takes off like a rocket.
0: Yeah. With like, that that was something that, so, I mean, it's going to be surprising. And um, actually I've, I've seen this a couple times now. And now that I've followed the narrative all the way through um, that beginning makes a whole lot more sense. And that's the thing about the movie is where it's um, it gives you enough to to piece it together but sometimes those clues come a little bit further down right for you to that
1: i do like i like that aspect of i just
3: didn't like how they did it i don't dislike it i just felt like it felt like the concept exceeded the reality of the execution yes more like I i love the idea
1: I genuinely do think it is a cool story. I don't think it's original, but I think it's a cool story. I don't right. think you have to have original stories. I think you can take have right. your own take on things, especially you know, you know how much I love witchy things. It's great.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: However, um, I just wanted I just wanted to like sit down with the creators and the writers of the music and the film and everything and just be like, okay, find your weirdness. And let's put, bring that through as yeah, opposed like, to sightseeing other people's weirdness and trying to right. recreate it because it's not coming across the way you yeah, think Yeah, and
3: just this. like lean in hard, you know, yeah. like to your own shtick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I, I think what came across to me the most was I respected more of its earnestness because like I knew it wasn't coming from a place to try to be like other witch stories or other, you know, yeah. horror like small ensembles yeah um, this might have come from the fact that it's through and through a family project
4: mm-hmm. and
0: uh granted i haven't seen uh his previous features specifically i think it's called the the deeper you dig yeah mm-hmm. I, I haven't mm-hmm. seen that one so this is my first um like john adams adams family films mm-hmm. film so I don't know if that's a uh, through-line through his films or if it's um something that might be specific to this title but I still like quite enjoyed it and like you know it, th- there's a lot of films in this festival that do feel like indie films and there's a lot of mm-hmm. roughness around the edges mm-hmm. and I I know that um if they could take Hellbender and like polish it maybe Um, tighten it up a little bit Mm -hmm. it it could be like a vastly different experience but still going directly towards the juggler of what they're going for Mm -hmm. you know for like the original script uh the version that we saw here at fantasia and yeah i mean i am more anxious to watch films from from these guys in the future, specifically because uh, just to, like the scope that they want to to shoot for.
1: Yeah, I do. I do think that that's interesting. I, I I have a lot of respect for wanting, like you said, like having that ambition. I will. I haven't watched the deep. I feel like I have watched the DPU you dig, but I don't remember it. The name's I, very familiar to me. Yeah, I'm. am I'm gonna have to watch it, uh, especially after watching this because I do. I genuinely want to like everything that's happening it's just like it it just feels so inauthentic and like trying to be too school too cool for school like and Mm -hmm. if you're going to have a music project in your film even if it's like it intentionally indie music project then don't feature it as much if you know it's not to a level that would like I don't know. I, maybe I guess you, y'all like it. So maybe it would sell. I don't know. It's the same drum riff the entire time. Mm-hmm. And just oh, yeah. because you whisper it doesn't make it cool. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right.
4: That's a, all
3: I mean, I'll and, say. That's all I'll all say.
1: Of... I, think it's, I think it's a great effort.
3: Yeah. A for effort. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all I will say this, that I give it no stars because I don't like music. Like, rhythmic pattern sound is just not my favorite thing. So, <laughs> rhythmic um... pattern
1: sound. <laughs> my...
3: <laughs> so, you know, all, a major aspect of human culture going back since we, like, weren't cave people is um, just inherently bad to me. Yeah. Uh, moving favorite. on. <laughs> yeah.
1: We have a podcast with an alien. It's fine. <laughs>
3: exactly. Like, what is this rhythmic pattern sound you keep doing? <laughs> Your species is odd. I think we should destroy you.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, vary the rhythm. All right, sometimes yes. <laughs> a different rhythm yeah. could be cool. <laughs> That's
3: fair. I'll do I'll do some like stunning, you know, progressive house remixes of them after the show. Boom. <laughs> <Very American. laughs> Oddly specific. Uh, thank you. Thank you both for for such a thoughtful dialogue on the film. Um, I I found it enter. I found the, the both the dialogue and the film really entertaining but you know the the film was inconsistent to me like i said and the the dialogue was not it was amazing
2: yeah Yeah, like i like i said in my um so i actually like liked it so much that i like just got started on my um like formal review um but yeah i i mean even though even with like some um like i know some of the performances were not that good but i actually think that like the to- like the tone is so offbeat that I felt like it kind of worked, like even some of like the rougher kind of um, like elements kind of made it just feel like more off kilter. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I-, I actually agree with that. Yeah. Like I, I, as far as the performance, the acting yeah. performances, yeah, it's the right. Mm-hmm.
2: To- um, and. I just, I think, like, you cannot overstate just how gorgeous and, like, stylistically this movie is. Like, it yeah kind of blew me away. And especially because I know that they, they were probably working on not a very big budget. And I think...
3: Yeah, they were like, filming where they live and stuff. Yeah, but just,
2: yeah. I mean, just some of, like, the beautiful, like... There was just some, like, shots and compositions that, like, I was trying to figure out how they kind of did with, like you know, probably using like, I mean, like I said, like not like not working with a huge budget. I mean, some of that looked as gorgeous as like um, Gretel on on Hansel, Um, Mm -hmm. maybe not to like that level, but just visually it was like beautiful, but it was like probably half that budget. Like it probably wasn't even like the catering budget for that so that yeah, that yeah that impressed me also yeah. i just wanted to, to note the deeper you dig uh it's a limited edition arrow but it's like 20 bucks on amazon and it also has his their movie called the hatred mm. okay so i have both of those um from arrow so like you know Shit. if like andre if you're like still wanting to to pick that up like it's like it's on sale for 20 bucks right now Hmm. Okay. And it's like two movies, so that's not bad.
3: Um So folks at home give the filmmaker and and whatever money. Um and see the other stuff.
2: Well, I'm and I'm yeah. I'm kind of hoping this means that maybe Arrow will do um or like distribute this movie. Um Well, I saw
0: that um Shutter is going to uh premiere Hellbender on their service. Wow. Mm-hmm. They they actually acquired it ahead of Fantasia. Okay. So. This is like slightly old news, actually, and like I don't even know how I didn't hear about it before. Mm-hmm. I think it was a piece on Variety or something.
3: Yeah, because it's like like you know, basically the uh, the acquisitions folks at shuttered just see like oh what what's the title of the movie Hellbender? Okay, we would like that. Yeah. So what is it about? I don't care. That's we super want it. interesting because
2: I wonder if um, RLJ Entertainment will be picking picking that this the home video rights because they do a lot of, I think they're hooked up with AMC, which owns shutter. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome. And um, Shutter's
3: pretty good at like actually giving their properties releases, which is nice. Yeah. And,
2: and, yeah. and pretty good releases too, actually. So, mm-hmm. um, that's exciting. Um, yeah, no, I just think like I, all my, all I'll say is I think that, um, I really liked it visually. I thought it was like stunning. I thought the two leads were really good. Um it kind of blew my mind. Um so I I did look it up uh, for my my formal review so it's like husband, wife and daughter team. Oh okay. Um mm. And, like, there's this scene that it's, like, I've, I haven't i have been able to get out of my head. It's, like, like, it's just a really quick scene where, like, they're, like, in a two-shot together. And, like, the mother's, like, if you disappoint me, I'll eat you. I'll eat you alive. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And, like, yeah. I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, that. It just, like, it gave me the chills. But, like, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Like, I haven't exercised that out of my brain. Um, so do with that what you will. But. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: So, parenting tip: <laughs> if you <laughs> want no, your kids I, to remember,
2: and I mean, it's just because I think like it. So it, it's like normally like lines like that, I would kind of roll my eyes, but like it, it, it's it's weaves so well into like the overall, um, like like thematic and and um, just like the the whole overarching story, and it almost is like, well. Okay, so I won't say because of, of fearing to get into spoiler territory, but it kind of almost, like, helps subvert uh, what the actual, like, end is.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So. Like, w- with that, like, threat of, um, if you disappoint me or whatever, um, I'll devour you. You are, At that point in the, in the film, like, you're still not even sure whether or not, like, that's a like, a fun poke at at her daughter, or if that's, like, a legitimate, like, seriously, don't fucking cross paths with me, or else I will destroy you.
2: Yeah, like, like, mm. it, it, it's, um, I mean, it, it all of that stuff seems like throwaway stuff until you really get to the end, and then it all, I mean, I, I'd really be interested in, in like, I, I wish I would have had time to watch this a second time, like, knowing, like, the ending and stuff, but Um, yeah, I mean, all of that really comes in, like, 2020, and, um, yeah, I mean, I would also agree that, like, it is, I mean, like, I even, like, have in my review notes that there is some, some, like, shaggy plotting, but I almost thought I was so engrossed and invested in this world, um, that I kind of was cool with overlooking some of the, like, the weaker elements, just because, like, Mm -hmm. I was so firmly into this like homemade mythos and, and that like that's another thing it's like it's so like simplistic like it borrows from other stuff but i thought it was such a fresh take on um like witches in horror um mm-hmm. i mean i will say like some of the cgi at the end was a little bit of a yep. let down but like <laughs> but but again i'm like i'm like you know it was so good up until then i kind of can forgive it because it didn't re it didn't railroad it that much um so yeah it's like definitely not perfect but but i mean especially not being based on anything like i just think it was super creative and i i just loved how they i mean they did so much with a low budget like i like it did look good as half of these budgets that are like in the the multi millions, mm-hmm. so
3: that's my take. <laughs> well, I, thank you all for for that discussion of the film, um, folks. don't check out the Hellbender if you if you get a chance to, and you definitely will when it comes to Shutter uh, early next year. Um, and if for... you
2: like it, it's okay. Luna
3: won't send her. Ghost I area, won't. Probably. I think it's. I crazy. wouldn't promise that. That's false <laughs> advertising. She might.
1: Well, if I do, you deserve it. But it's. It, it won't be for this film. Like I, I'm happy that it's because y'all, of your
3: choices.
1: It's because of your choices.
3: <laughs> yeah, just don't put her on
1: blast, and you'll be okay. Yeah. No, it's it's totally fine. I'm glad that you know y'all are appreciating the film like for what it. It's what it tried to be which i think is important it's just what it is right now just uh isn't i don't think it should be
2: its final form how about that <laughs> yeah no
3: it's not I, even I'm, its final form Yeah,
2: luna i'm kind of curious because like i was um like a, I was kind of like wondering like from a like female perspective how, what you thought of the movie like this like the mother-daughter bond
1: Oh, I thought that their their relationship is really interesting from the beginning, um, and I I don't want to give too much away, but like I it seemed very clear to me that the power dynamic, the real power dynamic, and the in portray- the like I guess attempted portrayal of the power dynamic of the mother from the mother pr- perspective were not real, and it was. I feel like the it rang true for a mother to have trouble t- accepting when that reality shifts, when when your power shifts, when your mm-hmm. parenting is rendered obsolete because you, were, you did a good job, frankly, yeah. because that's your job as a parent, is to become obsolete. Making your um, own
3: flesh and blood humans, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like...
1: I I thought that rang true. I th- I do think that the relationship was authentic. Um, I do think that the idea is is cool, is a good one. It's solid. Um, just some choices
0: were made, and okay.
1: Yeah, it
0: does leave something to be desired in its execution. Right, but yeah. yeah. That seems like more of a a preference
1: thing. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is just my bullshit opinion.
2: It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) No, I think it's completely valid. I just, I think it's so interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
3: uh, one fact for the the folks at home that might not know this about Luna is that one time she actually someone pissed her off, and she didn't just destroy them. She redirected a river to their the town they were born in to erase all evidence of their existence. No wait, fuck, that was that was Genghis Khan. Sorry. <laughs> why like you, gotta, why to you gotta
1: tell the people why you gotta why you gotta,
4: right, I forgot <laughs> why you like gotta rat on I'm me not... like that
3: you like the element of surprise I forgot
0: that <laughs> no I mean you just yeet them out of a window
3: mm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Classic. 100% effective yeah. <laughs> she, she's in charge of all of our podcasts yeeting
2: so, <laughs> so like a little side note like my husband thinks it's hilarious when I use the word yeeting I love love (laughs) that Um, word. I do. I love it, and like he like so. I kind of just try to like throw it in the conversation, just kind of annoy Mm -hmm. him. Now Um, (laughs) that's amazing. I
3: love it. I regularly eat my enemies into the sun. So that's that's fair. I've seen it. It, You got to do it. You got to pick a good target. Um, (laughs) Love it. I'm so glad to know that. Um, For uh, for my film i picked the night house which premiered initially in sundance 2020 and then it uh was uh available courtesy of fantasia fest and actually comes to theaters next weekend by the way yeah Yeah. this is
0: one of those movies that's been like horrendously delayed yeah it's supposed to come out two years ago
3: uh i think just one year ago i think one year ago okay um, yeah, it was
0: one of the 2020 movies that never happened.
3: Yeah, and it's um so it's, it's by David Bruckner who did uh The Ritual, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, and same. uh we are probably going to get him on the show, which pay attention to that cuz he's super brilliant. Um
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yes,
3: 100%. Um so Rebecca Hall, who's who's greatness, she plays this character Beth who she lives at this sort of isolated, very spacious uh, house on on the water that she, her husband built and then he killed himself he, he rode out to the lake and he killed himself this before the film and so she she lives there and she she's traumatized she's in mourning and confused and that's where we are introduced to her and then uh supernatural things start happening to her and um as she investigates and this is this is not giving anything away just yet but uh, as she starts to investigate she finds out that he was into the occult and she didn't have any idea and also that he had built because he built their home he also built across the the water a mirrored replica of their home that she never knew about and this is why while, while she's having kind of weird visions hearing weird things in this isolated house while she's already psychologically in a bad state and um, I definitely want to get into spoiler territory for a minute because I got to talk about what's going on because it's amazing but I won't do that just yet I, I will initially say that uh, Rebecca Hall gives a great performance she spends a lot of time by herself in this house just being scared about crazy shit and trying to figure out what's going on and it's, it's a really great harrowed performance um, cinematography is lovely it's it's uh the house the the design of the house is is uh it's very open and very spacious and very modern and it'll just the this it, it the film just looks good i th- I guess I'll just do spoilers now so the the thing is uh and, and I won't spoil too much but basically what happens and so folks at home fast forward you know five or so minutes if you if you want to be completely surprised um is that okay so beth had earlier in her life a near-death experience right and she um i'll only spoil a little bit so she only uh she she basically had an experience of the afterlife and it was just nothing it was the void you know there was no there were no angels clouds nothing and uh it's way more complicated than this, so I won't. I'm not spoiling everything. But what is ultimately going on is she, after she woke back up, came back to life. The void, basically, got a taste for her, and it it wants her. And so she's being like pursued by, by nothingness personified by the the, the vast, eternal nothing. Oh, and, so bad. Um, it's cool as fuck and um and then the 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 it's it's more complicated than that with her husband but he he is been doing things to attempt to save her because he found out from his own weird experiences what was going on and it's mm. it's and that doesn't spoil everything there's going to be some surprises for you but like she's pursued by a fucking sentient void that um,
1: is awesome
3: it's boss as hell um i think it's a movie by the way that pay- pairs well thematically with the empty man they definitely feel like different films um uh but there's some conceptual similarities so they'd make like a great double feature um but the way that they film the the, the when the the void makes itself known they do a lot of cool stuff that you can see in the trailer um where it's like humanoid sh- it's like an absence of a thing that that is alive and they at one fun fact i learned from interviewing the director was that they actually built those shapes into the set so when it changes like when it's like morphing which you can see in the trailers too to some degree when it morphs that's vfx but in general it's fucking practical they like build void people into the set that you hit at certain angles and it's fucking amazing
1: Whoa! It's
3: super cool. Oh
1: my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm so excited. Here's I haven't done, seen it yet. Love it.
3: Yeah. Because to avoid, I actually published my interview. Yes, uh, uh, two days ago, of the the filmmaker and Rebecca Hall. But I um actually left some things out because I didn't because it's about the entity and I didn't want to actually publish that part until after the movie premiered.
1: Oh, fair, fair, yeah, oh, yeah, because it
3: because g- it gives away the the, the the game a little bit, but yeah. Anyway, folks at home, uh, you can listen back in, and uh, we're we're done with spoilers. But it's c- just conceptually really novel. Like I've seen every monster movie practically under the fucking sun, and um, it's really unique. It's great.
1: That so is check the fuck
3: out. So cool. I love I, it. I will be there when
1: it happens. Yeah, I mean. I
0: I so I I out of that but I'm going to check it out nevertheless.
3: So mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Awesome.
3: Yeah, like like y'all are are going to really love it cuz like Rebecca Hall's performance is amazing. Um it visually just really works and it's so effectively filmed and Plus, like, David Bruckner is, is genius. The ritual should have been just, like, no oh, toast, but so it's amazing. Good. It's amazing, right?
1: Uh, yeah. The creature design alone is, mm-hmm. like... Anyway, I could go on. Like, I can't... I'm so happy that he's interested yeah. in being on the show. Yeah, because. it's it's
3: one of the best creatures on screen in um a long time, really. I uh,
1: would really like to be on that episode. Cool. Yeah, same. Cool. I mean, yeah, I, mean... I just
3: got to email him to 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 book it, but it, he was wonderful, so he'll he'll be an amazing guest.
0: Yeah, I, mean... I I'm not sure whether or not I should watch The Ritual before Nighthouse, because like I haven't seen a film of his. Yeah, I know the night. I mean, uh, Ritual is still a Netflix yes. feature right now.
3: Yeah, right. Like I would say you definitely don't have to see it. They're they're independent film worlds and everything, but um, uh. But I would definitely encourage you to, to watch it. I don't think the order will matter. But um, oh no, mostly you should just see it at some point, yeah, just because I like you and you should see good things.
2: Do you know yeah. when it's going to be? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Andre. I didn't mean, to, mean to cut you off.
3: Oh, I was just going to say
0: uh, it was also featured in um, just like for a brief moment in the Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because the, like I do know that it features a being called the Yotun. Yep. And it's like one of my favorite monsters, beasts. Coolest. And I I did, you know, the, the screenshot, like the little clip of that was shown to me. And that's when I decided that I should see this movie, but I just haven't yet.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Check it out. Um, Side note, we cut this out in the edit, but so Luna, since you have to go, do you have time to do your, to do another film or what do you want to do?
1: Um, I guess I could do mine and then y'all can keep going. Um
3: I'm okay with that if you want, like if everyone else yeah. is fine.
1: Is that yeah. okay with everybody? Yep. Yeah, it'll be
3: like a like a mic drop, basically. <laughs>
1: and gone.
3: Yeah. This movie's um,
1: shite out. <laughs> no. Well, I I like never have that take except today.
3: It's <laughs> <And> all good. <laughs> your takes are valid. It's fantastic.
1: Um okay. Good. Yeah, let's let's do it.
3: Alright, uh well yeah, so that's that's mine and um, but there're so many films we all got to experience um let's let's start again with you luna are there any films that you uh, would like to follow up with your review of
1: yeah okay so my second film that like really grabbed me this week uh, was glass house which mm-hmm. is this mm-hmm. south african sci-fi fantasy sort of i maybe not fantasy like Uh, They describe it as a dystopian, post-apocalyptic, like yeah, like post-apocalyptic fairy tale, Um, and it is really interesting. Like it stuck with me because of the heft of the, like the subject matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So the. The synopsis was a stranger infiltrates the sheltered family unit while a memory wasting toxin spreads through the lands in this dystopian South African fairy tale. Um, and again, I was like,
3: hm, all right.
1: I right. Sci-fi. Okay. Dystopian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fairy tale. Oh yeah. South African. Awesome. All right. So I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to watch this. And then as I'm watching it, like, um, it definitely takes a moment to like build the, the tension of, and the gravity Mm -hmm. of everything happening. Um, And I will say that like, it culminates in, in quite a unique way um, that I did not see coming in any way, which was delightful, uh, especially for folks that watch a lot of movies. It's, it's nice to be surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, So, However, like I think that the the power of it rather than just this the pacing and the writing um and the story development it it really for me what grabbed me was this like this in like this intense relationship between humanity and memory mm-hmm. and what what that relationship is like what is the relationship between reality and dreaming and and what what does it mean to gaslight yourself and mm-hmm. how does how does oh, that yeah how does that relate to like if you're gaslighting yourself is that then reality
4: for yeah. you yeah. Um,
1: and then this whole question of like what actually matters in the in at the end of the day what matters? is it what's in your head or what is happening around you and the yeah. share the collective experience or not? Um, it right. just gave me like so much to think about,
3: yeah, yeah, it,
1: in a, in a way that like really, I think is delightful. I like those moments of deep, deep, deep thought um, mm-hmm. and contemplation. As you may have noticed, <laughs> from what? listening to this podcast, <laughs>
3: that's surprising. I know. Um,
1: and then, yeah, just like yeah, that, it yeah. pra- it talks. It kind of like, um, the f- the fear baked into the story because, it like it says, there's like a this toxin that's airborne that is like causing everyone to forget, um, mm-hmm. and so. It's like the fear is that you're losing your mind and there's this like body mind connection that you're.
3: Yeah. Like if you lose that. your mind, are you
1: right? You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very interesting. I thought it was well worth a watch. I thought it was gorgeous. I It was I a lovely not... film yeah the performances were fantastic the casting was mwah, chef's kiss like yeah. amazing um so yeah i just can't say enough good things about how i yeah, felt and absolutely. it's directed by a woman uh mm-hmm. written by a woman uh very very cool
3: yeah like like i would say that um uh i agree with that definitely uh, it's interesting, too, because it takes place at one kind of like tight location, of course, because it's a post-apocalyptic world and they have this carved out territory where it's it's this home with a garden or whatever. And um, because of the beauty of the environment and the cinematography, it doesn't feel as claustroph- Like it feels claustrophobic. You spend a lot of time in this one house, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like that can get visually boring and it doesn't because right. they, do, they did such a good job with the set design. Um, and
1: and it, there's no like there's no spoiler in that I, like it's called glass house the house is largely glass um, yeah and right. it to me it represents the fragility of your mind right you know warding and- off the this inevitability of right. memory loss
3: right and it also like really underscores the importance of like narrative and ritual to what it is to be human, mm-hmm. you know, like their storytelling yeah. in order to keep, yeah, both to keep their identity and also to, to make sure they still know themselves, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, it it does a really great job. It kind of speaks to a lot of those like elements of what it is to be human.
1: It really does. I I I like I. There's so much more I want to think about and continue to contemplate for this uh, you know, it, in regards to this film and, and what it was saying and just this really complex and like difficult, I guess uh, conversation of like, when you choose to forget who are you hurting if you don't feel the pain anymore, mm. but then, and it's your choice, you can do that. But then you're relying on others to live your pain for you to keep you safe. Um, so it's a, is it an irresponsible or like a choice? selfish act? Yeah, yeah. And it's there's just so much to consider in this film. And I, if you like, if you like the you know deep thinking sort of philosophical questions and considerations, I would re- highly recommend this film. I would mm-hmm. recommend it if you like. Uh, dystopian fairy tales um and yeah I, I could go on about this film for yeah. a while but i think yeah. that it, it's a beautiful
3: yeah thing. and I, I know luna that you have to go but i would say the only criticism that i have real quick is mm-hmm. that some of the dialogue is a little bit over the top clunky like yeah there's this yeah. line all of a sudden from one of the characters about like wanting to sow more oats and when you watch the whole film, I'm like, "Fuck you!" Like, yeah, that's yeah. so blatantly like obvious. Like, you could have omitted that line. We're not, we're not children. Like, omitted, it. yes. That's just one yeah. example.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. At, at the same time, I did feel like I felt like I was reading a timeless novel as I was. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching it, so I it didn't strike me at the time, but I I do, I I can definitely agree that there are some yeah moments where I was like
3: huh <laughs> yeah where I'm like well now I you know exactly that? what's gonna happen weirdo like, yeah, yeah yeah exactly but 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 overall very good film great dystopian you know film about yeah. a matriarchy mm-hmm.
0: I will admit that like uh while vi- like this film visually grabbed me and like the themes were really intri uh interesting and intriguing to me uh for some reason like on my first watch through it, it just didn't land like i didn't get very uh engrossed in it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um by the time it had finished i was thinking that maybe if i gave it another shot with some time in between uh maybe it might yeah it might be a different experience but i don't know what it was about the first time that i that i watched it it just didn't quite work for me, but I I could still see like the moving parts that I liked separately. Mm -hmm. And then together, um, I really liked the, um, the dynamic, the the matriarchal dynamic specifically with the older mother. Yeah. That mm -hmm. part was cool. Yeah. And yeah, I I felt like there was a lot of things that was put into that narrative. Mm -hmm. And I I think at at first I was a little overwhelmed.
4: Mm-hmm. possibly
0: sure. and then the way that it roped around to the end uh, it, it seemed a little to me um, not not quite all there like it felt like there was something else
1: interesting yeah that's, yeah. that's, that's totally fair I think that um, it's it's definitely a film that I had to be in the right space to watch sure. um, because mm-hmm. I you know I, I often like if my brain is moving like a mile a minute because I'm like hopping in between things, I would not have been able to sit with this film. Um, I need, I kind of yeah. needed that space to like sink in. And I I would appreciate, I appreciate that. Like it was difficult to do that because I could, I could see that being true. Yeah. I think this is definitely a film for a theater.
3: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: I just want to be able to focus on nothing but that like
4: mm-hmm.
0: peripherals do uh hurt like your enjoyment and engagement of the film where like things happening yeah 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 but yeah that's yeah that's me
3: uh and then luna i know you uh you have to uh exit stage left but um i'm exiting
1: stage right bitches no i'm just
4: kidding
3: You're, you're you're exiting to the astral plane um but thank you so much for for bringing your views and for hopping by. Well, how can the folks at home, uh, if you have time for this, how can they find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at luna underscore minuit, and you can get all my hot sweet takes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just wait till uh,
3: you hear on Citizen Kane.
1: Oh, oh gosh.
3: <laughs> oh, he's Citizen Kane. Like the original or the remake? <laughs> um
1: yeah so thank you for letting me um chat on the episode but i will i will see y'all in the virtual space soon
3: fantastic Thanks so much yep. have a great day so mike or andre do one of you want to go next
2: um i i um i guess i could go real quick um this one's um, The Righteous. I know Andre saw it. Did you see it, uh, Jeff? I did not. No, I missed out on this one. Um, so. Well, I don't know if you really missed out on it, though.
4: <laughs>
3: all right. Hot takes. We're um, all spitting fire today, folks.
2: Yeah. So uh, my second movie was The Righteous, and I have very mixed feelings about it. Now, granted, I just literally just got done watching it. Um so it might be um, like another case of I might want to give it another watch. Um, going to marinate? Like I definitely will watch it again before I write my, my formal uh, review of it. But um, yeah, so it's uh, in a nutshell, um, it's about these parents or grandparents um, that are grieving the loss of um, a... Uh, i guess daughter or granddaughter um i I know that sounds weird but i wasn't really like the filmmakers don't really make it quite clear what the dynamic is Mm -hmm. um but anyways they're grieving this loss and this mysterious man shows up um and basically without spoiling anything he kind of um brings back like this this uh guy's past um So um yeah, I'll just jump right in. I thought it was interesting. Um so like as the title might suggest, it's uh very um religious oriented. Um like the um the main guy not um was like a former priest. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, he loses again again, daughter, granddaughter. Um And so, you know, it's like his, like, religious past kind of comes, like, literally and figuratively comes back to haunt him. And, you know, it's really well shot. It's pretty well directed. It's just story-wise, like, I know, Andre, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier um, before the episode. But, like, there was a lot of the plot that you almost kind of had to figure out for yourself, and yeah. yeah, so it's like that's not always great because I, I, it's fine when things, there's certain aspects that are ambiguous, but like when there's like fundamental parts of your plot that, you know, um, two literally two people are trying to pick apart, that's not great. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, yeah. And,
0: and I guess I'll, I'll specify here by saying like it, it's one thing where like a film will give you. Some bits and pieces to work work out together, like like on your on your own, where the film won't explicitly state something, uh, but this one kind of gave you like half of a clue, yeah. and left you there, and that that's how it felt at least. Where if you put them all together, you might be able to figure out something, but it's not really um, definitive. That there's no way of knowing if that's even what's happening or not.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, um like I could really see like talent and effort there. Um Yeah. But the problem is like, it was just working from a foundation that wasn't really that like solid. So no matter how good the filmmaking is, no matter how like decent the visuals, um, and it's actually a pretty interesting looking movie it's like shot in black and white and i mean that and that all by itself like a little bit of a challenge but i think it looked um pretty good um i thought i Mm -hmm. thought it was like very like moody but like andre another thing that you said like before the episode is it kind of sells it as a horror movie but it's more like a drama with maybe some like horror undertones Mm
4: -hmm. yeah um Mm
2: -hmm. like it really wants to be an ari aster movie but it doesn't have the talent to do that yeah (laughs) like it like it wants to be hereditary with the lighthouse with with um egger's lighthouse but like it, it it just doesn't you know even though those movies don't like completely spell out everything like you get the basic crux of what's going on. Like, I felt like this, it's almost like you have to kind of parcel through like the plot yourself and you know, not even just like in the abstract, but just like core fundamental things. Like, like Andre, you and I were like, like talking about, like, I, I thought it was like, he was supposed to be like the grandparents of this little girl that died. But then, he refers to her as her daughter so and like they're really old too so i'm like i don't know it just it didn't make it very clear and i mean these are like fundamental things for the plot so it's almost like yeah yeah it was just kind of a mess but but there was things that i liked i mean there was like so like um the other problem i kind of had was it's a little heavy-handed but i think that the um like some of the ideas and themes that they were getting at was um pretty interesting it's just i i just wish they would have taken better care with the overall kind of execution
0: sure yeah yeah and um so I, i i will mention that this was uh Produced, directed, and written by, also starring Mark O'Brien, who's he's um mainly had a career of like being a supporting actor, character actor in other like larger films, like uh, I believe he was in like Arrival, and um, I was just
2: looking it up. Oh, Ready or Not? Didn't you say?
0: Yeah, he was one of the the family members in Ready or Not, and like his acting comes through really strongly in this. And I think one thing that he should be able to take away from, uh, from directing and writing this feature is yeah. he's really a great director for actors.
4: Yeah. Like yeah having I been
0: that. in that space for such a long time. And like, he clearly can command the screen. Cause like there's a couple times where you're like, his, his emotions just, like, just pull you in. And it's, like, it's really engrossing. Uh, but, like, the acting is the best part of this film.
2: Oh, yeah. And, like, there's, like, long dialogue scenes where it's, like, I didn't mind that so much because um, the acting was was uh, so, like you said, en- engaging and engrossing that yeah you kind of were there for it um, despite it just being kind of a lot of like monologuing like a lot of um Mm -hmm. this almost felt like it could have been a play do do you do you agree yeah definitely um where it's very like stagey um you know it's, it's low budget filmmaking so like you you know you're 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 gonna make it like maybe two or three like sets um which like is fine. I totally understand that. And I really didn't even, didn't even have a problem with that per se. It's just like, you know, maybe in the future he should like get a co-writer or um, <laughs> maybe a, just a different writer altogether. Cause I thought it was like, like you said, well, well acted. I thought the directing was pretty decent. Um, there was a couple of times when I thought maybe like the camera work was like a little too staticky, but um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was good. It's just, I think, I just think it could have been so much better. And it kind of got to the point where it was almost a little pompousy. Um,
0: yeah, I, I could see that. But yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't really like to see him directing uh, somebody else's script, mm-hmm, Like yeah. just to see what, like, what he can pull out of, um, I don't know. Like, maybe a script written by, like, a veteran script writer or something like that. Because uh, I, I think this might be one of his first, like, fully fleshed out, like, feature length scripts. Oh, and, like, I don't know if this has been sense. sitting in a drawer for a while or he just, like, like he just did this from the ground up. Um, one after the other. It's hard to tell sometimes. And, like, a lot of artists will never really reveal that but um yeah i think if anything it it serves as a showcase for what he like his strengths and his weaknesses in film yeah yeah his strengths definitely come out like really really on top of his weaknesses but they they all need to sort of just be um scrutinized equally
2: yeah like it's just um i mean it's not that the writing was was really horrible. It's like there was some really good things in there. It's just, you know, there were some, like, fundamentals that were just not, like, there. Like you said, you know, mm-hmm. both of, if both of us were unclear about, like, certain relationships or, like, that are, like, super crucial to the plot or, like... Oh, yeah, and it's just... the
3: crucialness that makes it, like, important yeah. because it's, or, like... like...
2: yeah. yeah or like there's other aspects that I can't get into with, like for spoilers but again it's like you just are like huh like that it's it's almost like they he forgot to set some important important things up and this is where I think like maybe if he just had a ghostwriter like or like a script doctor yeah a script doctor um or yeah. a co-writer that could just maybe like tighten things up and and everything i don't know i it's a shame it's frustrating because it's like kind of with like like with Crite. i could see a good movie in there it's just like they just you know both kind of like are very fundamentally flawed within like the Mm -hmm. um main foundation but like there's some interesting things there like i think um The Righteous is ultimately the better of the two movies that I reviewed, but like, it's like both just didn't stick the landing. So,
3: well, for the folks at home, uh, I guess uh, to summarize Mike's perspective, he's not mad, he's just disappointed.
2: Disappointed. I'm not, yeah. Which is much worse. Yeah, I just, you know, I, but I think y'all know what, what I mean by like just being frustrated with a film where where you can see where it was going and it's like, it's almost there, but it's just, Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Like
3: I have repeatedly said that I, I am, I receive much worse, uh, a film that has potential and biffs it and doesn't stick it. Mm-hmm. The landing. than I do a bad film. Like a bad film can still be enjoyed, but like if a film gets so close and they had no reason not to succeed, that's that's when it bothers me the most.
2: Yeah, like I just, it's yeah. I mean, again, I I, I don't really have much more to say about it without repeating myself. Just that um, it's interesting. It's super heavy-handed. Um, I mean, I would even say maybe it's a little pretentious. Andre, would you do you feel like that's apt? Um,
0: I I think only if you approach this as like a horror film.
2: But, like, yeah,
0: if you yeah. approach it as, like, a drama film where, like, those narratives where you see, like, um, I don't know, the uh, those, like, those uh, family features where, like, they'll show um, a family dynamic and they seem to be making it work, but then, like, there's always something unspoken hidden about one of... There, uh, like one of the family members, like history, and, um, so like one day someone shows up, and you know, uh, th- th- like that sort of uh, formula almost. So, it, I think it, like if you see it as a familial drama with an undercurrent of, um, like reconciling faith, um, it, it could be seen as something way more interesting than how it's uh, currently being sold as.
2: Yeah. But even then,
0: like, it it still runs into some of those trappings that we were talking about. Um, But that's ultimately at its core. That's like a connective tissue that screenwriting uh, is supposed to fill in and strengthen. Yeah. And, like, it does uh, it doesn't quite Get there. It's it's so very close to being able to like make everything click.
2: Yeah, and like I mean, this gets lo- a little spoilery. Did it kind of, Andre? Do you feel like I know we talked a little bit about this, but like it kind of implies that like like there was a supernatural element, or was I maybe trying to attach too much onto it because I was kind of grasping for like maybe a little bit more significance.
0: Um, so it, it, I think it could go one or two ways where it's a hundred percent supernatural and everything that is shown as real or, um, everything that sort of spirals out from like the last act or so is, um, mostly the machinations of the main character's head where he, he can't fathom this to be happening. So he, he puts these images and, uh, he, um, decides to hear, uh, this guy tell him exactly what he is, which is, uh, easier for him to digest than it is for him to like, confront the, the things truth. he's run away from. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, cause I, the only thing that kind of made it seem almost supernatural, and I guess this isn't like a major spoiler, um, is, like, the wife was, like, choking, um, presumably, like, being poisoned. Mm-hmm. And, like, as soon as... Uh, again, I'll be vague, but, like, as soon as he does what the, the mysterious guy wants him to do, like, she suddenly stops. Yeah. And seems like she's back to normal. Again, it's like, I don't mind, you know... Not only do I not mind some ambiguity i actually think it's a little really interesting but i feel like there's so much of that that it's like you almost just have to i don't know work out your own plot and that's really like not our job <laughs> It's like the screenwriter's mm-hmm. job but
0: yeah it's just vague enough where it almost refuses to take a stance and like yeah, which is kind of i would prefer down. that it kind of does
2: yeah
3: just... yeah that kind of, because I mean, again, I haven't seen the film, but that sort of thing always bothers me because I feel like in some cases people are trying to be mysterious to the point where they sacrifice a story. And in some point, and sometimes, and like I said, I haven't seen this, so I'm not saying it for this film, but sometimes it comes across to me as laziness, you know? Like when you'll have a scene for ex- like a pivotal scene where someone has this real, like, like, important conversation with someone that's going to be difficult. And we've like built up to that moment. And then like, this happens a lot these days where like the camera pulls back to behind glass or far away. So you can see the characters reactions, but there's no dialogue. And I'm like, you cheap asshole. You just didn't <laughs> want to do the hard work of writing the difficult dialogue. You're not clever. You're lazy. And it's obvious. That's not this film, obviously. Well, it might be. I, I don't know, but but I just hate it when they like don't take that they don't pin something because it's easy not to.
2: Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's a shame because like there's, like I said, there's a lot of interesting things going on, and the act, like like Andre said, the acting is really good. Um, I actually think that. Um, you know, all of these, like, uh, I mean, I don't really like outside of just, you know, some of the, the, um, like bit parts, the, um, main actor was in, like, I honestly didn't know any of these actors, but I mean, they were like really good. Mm-hmm. Like they felt very natural. Like nothing felt like forced or artificial. Like, like w- as much as I loved, Um, Hellbender I thought like some of the performances outside of the main performances were kind of awkward Mm, but again that movie I kind of like was okay with that just because it set a kind of like this kind of otherworldly tone that I could kind of dig that it had a little bit of like with Mm -hmm. like uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer like the art like there's such a weird artifice that like Mm -hmm. the 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 performances are uh and like the speech and stuff is is purposely kind of weird um yeah so anyways yeah um it was interesting it's just it sucks because it just it almost got there but it didn't so all
3: right well thank you so much for that review i'll check it out but I feel like now I feel like I'll check it out if I have time. <laughs> yeah, it would be
2: interesting to see what you thought of it. But yeah, like, don't like it's um, actually, I think it's um, I think it's like going to expire tonight. So, uh-huh.
0: yeah, so th- today
2: would be the day for you to watch it. And uh-huh. if you don't, you're not missing much.
3: <laughs> I'll be deeply heartbroken. Yeah. Um, but Thank you for that. Um, Andre, your, your final film of the day,
0: yeah. of the week um, I just wanted to sort of take that, that narrative that we were talking about in The Righteous and turn that over to a film that I definitely think has a very uh, strong um, depiction of religion the church and uh, specifically the subject matter which is a Um, a demon possession that occurs in a um, wow, I almost said nun's coven. Uh, We'll have none of that. None
3: of that. Uh, That's nonsense.
0: Um, A a demon possession that happens in a nunnery. So uh, this is Mickey Reese's Agnes. Um, And This is one of um, Mickey Reese's actual latest films. Like, a a lot of his movies that have come out, um, or at least has been, like, released after the fact, have been made, like, a very long time ago. Like, Mickey Reese is one of those filmmakers who just doesn't... He didn't uh, release his films. They're not really available anywhere, except for... Um, wherever Agnes is going to end up, and also his previous film before this, which is a uh, Climate of the Hunter, mm-hmm. which I believe it's, was his first film to actually get like a wide streaming release, like on Shutter, and I think at this point it's on uh, Prime Video. Um, so Agnes is, I would say, like a study of intensity for him that uh, follows an exorcism. Uh, narrative that interestingly enough ha- does have some like really fun uh, beats that it shares with um, Ken Russell's The Devils, at mm-hmm. least uh, mm-hmm. a little bit like in the in the first act, I would say. Um, and while it starts off in the, uh, it, like in the convent, it, it jumps right into the exorcist narrative. Um, there's like virtually no time wasted. Like you get your opening credits and everything. And the very first scene is the, the nun getting uh, possessed and then shouting expletives. And then they take her to her bedroom and then she's, she's possessed. Like everyone is very certain of that. Uh, so it starts right away which is interesting because usually an exorcist like stories or movies, um, the subject of the film is to build up to that, like namely the exorcist or, um, you know, like other <laughs> exorcist narratives, like a uh, beyond the door or Abby. Um, and like right away, you can tell that, uh, Mickey Reese's, Sort of playing with form a lot more here than he has in his uh, previous films and that's something that i think a lot of people were not really expecting but the the performances really carry it through specifically um molly quinn who plays the um oh, she's not agnes is she i can't remember
3: no she um
0: she's mary right yes okay yeah so uh molly quinn who plays mary um is the friend of the the nun who is being possessed whose name is agnes um and she's the one who sort of knows her the most so she can tell you know when like when the demon in exorcist films sort of like goes away for a while and like the human comes out and like whether or not it's like trying to trick people or if their humanity is being sort of poked out from underneath the surface to briefly communicate with people. Uh, She's sort of like the go-to person to evaluate that in a way. Um, And so while this is happening, uh, they request for someone to be sent out to, um, to exercise this demon because the, the mother superior in this convent is like really really strict she's like
4: uh
0: i don't know she just ultimately seems like not a nice person at all like she has an iron fist <laughs> so they they send down a uh an aging uh priest named uh father donahue who, who's played by um uh, Ben Hall, who has been in a few of Mickey Reese's previous films. Um, And something interesting that's going on here is Father Donahue is both being investigated by the church
4: Mm -hmm. and
0: everything about his character seems to already be known by everyone, including... Uh, the convent.
3: Yeah. They joke about it.
0: Yeah. It's like, like, he's like an
3: in joke. That's how yeah. widely known it is.
0: But then when he's there, um, like he, 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 um, he requests residence so he can uh, like live there while he's working on this exorcism and trying to drive the demon out. But like, he gives some like sermons to um, to the nuns in the convent. And everything that is like slanderous about like his, uh, his reputation and his actions are kind of like thrown out the window in exchange for like this really, um, I don't know, uh, trying to think of the, the term for this. It's sort of, um, it, they sort of take his, his words with a specific sheen of optimism that they don't necessarily, um, weigh against the actions that he's taken. Sure, sure, sure. And I, I think that's the most telling bit about what Mickey Reese has to say about, like, how the church would investigate something like an exorcist Mm -hmm. situation when someone would request like someone please exercise this demon and then it's like okay we'll send our you know um most problematic preacher out to you how's that uh (laughs) good luck sucker they're like oh yeah we heard about this guy but like his sermons are like so good and just makes me forget everything about like all of him being a gross creep yeah right right for the sake of the film it, it never gets into those specifics like you you're never you never truly know like what he did he is mm-hmm. always talked about as being like this uh this really gross um and like slimy person mm-hmm. but like all you really know is what you see of him and like nothing ever gets delved into right. well, and,
3: the, and the film's not really about that it's yeah. just like the context of the film yeah um one thing i think it's really interesting about it is that it it uh plays with structure in a in a in a unusual way mm-hmm. you know it kind of feels like it definitely has um as a storytelling continuity, but it kind of feels like two different films at a certain point And and folks at does. home, when you see it, you'll you'll know what I mean. Um, that doesn't really spoil anything. Uh, and and um, you'll kind of wonder at a certain point, like, well, this isn't going where I thought. Where the hell is it going? But in a way that I I liked, I thought that it was a uh, novel storytelling. It's a little mysterious. Uh, the lead performances are quite good it was nice being surprised and then it wasn't just like another possession Catholic churchy story in a, in a simple way in the way that we see a lot, which is good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, d- just like how um, it, the, the movie seems uh, I don't, I wouldn't say like backwards formulaic wise, but like um, almost mirrored in a sense where uh, just as, like, the the demons that... Or, I guess, just like the demon that um, is possessing Agnes might be uh, compelled to immediately reverse any crosses, like,
4: mm-hmm.
0: hanging on the walls or anything like that, like any uh, religious uh, Catholic imagery. This film also impulsively um like reverses the the form uh and um style of all pretty much like exorcist narratives that came before it and it's sort yeah. of it's more about examining what happens after um the exorcism but there's still like without really getting into it there is um an exploration of what happens when you think something is over, but yeah. there's, there's echoes of consequences and, you
3: and you let your guard down. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that there's even a little bit of um, complexity and almost doubt. There's a way that you could read the film where it isn't possession. I wouldn't mm-hmm. even say that's the, 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 the version or the of the, story the narrative that the filmmaker intends oh yeah intended the ambiguity for sure i'm saying that like uh i don't i'm not saying where he lands on the possession and it's reality but it leaves it open to interpretation at some moments where it's like where characters interestingly call to question things and it seems a little more complicated than what it is
0: yeah and uh i think it can be easily read into that um The the demonic presence could just be a manifestation of, um, say, um, bursts of expression as a, um, like as a response to intense repression from Mm -hmm. this old school nun, um, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm forgetting the name for it (laughs) again. Nunnery? Yeah.
3: Get thee to a nunnery. Andre. In the words of my homeboy, Billy Shakes.
2: I was going to say, good good Hamlet reference there.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much. I This show lives and dies by my obscure See, uh, Shakespeare we references.
2: we are very highbrow and lowbrow at the same time.
3: We are. We're going to talk about, like, uh, Andy Warhol monster movies and then drop some Macbeth on you. Um, yeah. I,
0: I'm forgetting the specific type of... Uh, uh, nunnery that this is, but
3: a possessed uh, one. <laughs> yeah, but it,
0: it's like a it's a specific faction that is like super yeah. outdated now, and yeah. like the only way I know that is because uh, when I was watching with my wife, she was raised like really really Catholic, and the, she w- had the option of joining that specific type of convent.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, also, fun fact: Agnes was her confirmation name. So. Uh, she, uh, like when she saw the shit. title and read the synopsis she's like we're watching this tonight." and I'm like hell yeah it's a Mickey Reese film and yeah and that's uh, why you
3: have a good relationship so
2: <laughs> I haven't seen climate of the hunter but should I like would it be beneficial if I watched that first or not really doesn't like doesn't matter
0: I I don't think it's required but um, just to get sort of a, a primer into like how Mickey Reese um approaches his genre pictures. I, I yeah. Think Cause it's, it's I always like,
3: yeah. Cause I would say that like a lot of his, and I've only seen like those two, but it's, it's like, I would say that he, he takes well tread genres and does them in very novel ways that you mm. don't, you wouldn't expect.
2: Um, yeah. Is it kind of like a la carta? Cause I love that movie.
0: It's completely different. It's like, I don't even know how to say how different it is. It's it's <laughs> there's any, a quote of like his um, th- there's a quote of his in an interview I read somewhere where he says that like basically every filmmaker is ripping off of Bergman, and I find no exception to that in my own filmmaking. I just want to be able to rip off Bergman in a unique way and make it my own. so. <laughs> and like i totally see that in climate of the hunter totally see that in agnes um, especially i see that in one of his earlier films um, strike dear mistress and cure's heart um, mm. there's a lot there's a lot of bergman in his films and also there's a lot of um, imagery of desserts. Ooh, which I is like that. is just like a just an interesting through line maybe like yeah. a like a calling card almost
2: Huh. Cool. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely gonna try. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna watch that. Maybe like that. that one doesn't ex- expire? I guess, or at least yeah, not until the that end. That one's of
0: the... available through the end of the fest. so I, I definitely
3: want to see that. Yeah,
2: I think I might, I might, um, watch *Clement of the Hunter* first just to get a little bit <laughs> of a, like you yeah. said, like a primer. Um,
3: like I would say that I like Agnes better. Personally, um, I just was more engaged by the storytelling, but it's definitely worth your time. And uh, Ben
0: Hall is in both uh, Climate and Agnes. Um, in Climate of the Hunter, Ben Hall is like the um, like the main like vampire character that's on the cover and everything. And um, he's just a really good actor. Like I I really enjoy everything I've seen him in, and, and I think he his direction under, uh, under Reese is like just really, really well, well done. And like, I think every film I've seen him in, he's been getting better in every role.
4: Hmm.
0: And, uh, Reese is one of those guys who up until just now really with Agnes and maybe climate of the Hunter is that he specifically, um, shoots films with like friends and family and uses them as, um, as the, the characters in the story and their acting has always just been like really very good and phenomenal.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he's always been able to get like great performances out of like everyone I've seen mm-hmm. in his films.
3: Yeah. Yeah. i would say that like the central performance in, in Agnes is um, it's muted because the character is processing her own experience but it's very good and nuanced uh awesome why well, I, I, I thank you for for bringing that one forward uh i i really was engaged and it did some things i didn't expect which i appreciated a lot and uh folks at home i, I definitely would also recommend that one um for uh the final one for mine um I, of course, wanted to keep with the unintentional theme of reviewing every film that has some version of the word knight in the title. Um, because last week I did The Spine of Night* and I did The Night House. And my final one for this week is King Knight. Oh, nice. And if I can find any other knight ones for you folks, um, you know I'm going to do it, because that's, I guess, where my brain's at. So, King Knight... Um, is a film that's written, directed by Richard Bates Jr. Um, Did did y'all, by the way, uh, Andre, uh, Mike, did you get to see it
2: yet? I have not seen it. And unfortunately I was a little too late on it. Um,
3: Okay.
0: Yeah. I I was able to watch it um, like the night before it,
3: but I I will say this. um, Okay. So the the film uh, takes place in sort of a, a modern California coven and the the coven is is led by this couple uh the male of whom is named thorn uh or goes by thorn and he uh finds out okay so and and then his partner is willow and so he um you know everything's going fine they're they're thriving they're they're quirky but but enjoyable and then it comes uh, they all come to find out basically that he in high school was a popular kid. He was like class president <laughs> and has been getting these emails about like, Oh, this is your um, your high school's reunion. And as class president, you need to to, to come and do this dance because it's, it's our ritual or whatever. And so of course the whole and all, all are, have been outcasts and finding out that he was the um the class president and he was popular or whatever they reject him and they they kick him out and his his wife is still with him but but she's overruled and so he goes on this vision quest so to speak <laughs> and that ends up with him having to face his past and go to his high school reunion and it's um it's really, really charming. Like the characters are odd, but in a way that you've like can tell that it's um they're just real quirky people. But I, that like it's, it's written from a place of love for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead performance it's a uh, Matthew Gray Gubler who plays Thorn, and and uh, he's wonderful in it. Uh, he has a lot of um motive pathos um is is uh his wife is uh, willow is played by angela Serafian who uh you've probably seen her on westworld uh she's great and brings like a lot of like emotion and humanity to it too uh the whole cast are all quirky but it's really fun and uh I don't know it's just so interesting because he like like he just goes through all these little adventures on his vision quest and it's um it's this interesting reversal of the the classic like you have you were unpopular and have to go back to your high school reunion trope and it's literally the reverse of that um uh, mm-hmm. but like you're hot now and whatever uh and i just love that they inverted the formula and i thought it was very charming and the final scene is pretty great
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it, it also has like a really really short, um, and like I, I would say funny role for for Barbara Crampton, it's like she, she's yeah on the same call mm-hmm. um which I which I thought was like really really neat and uh, mm-hmm. she should really be in more comedies because she's great.
3: Yeah, uh, she was great. Also, there's a a brief uh, Aubrey Plaza role too. Oh, that really? she's not on I yeah I missed that uh huh it's it's uh I don't want to spoil it um
0: Wait, was that in like at the reunion
3: no it was uh oh, okay I'm looking at there's IMD one reunion. particular scene that are boxed right now where I okay. won't spoil the scene <laughs> for you but it's on his vision trip and he hears a voice in a situation and uh one of the voices is Aubrey Plaza
0: okay and yeah I'm looking at the credits now pay I, I attention
3: see. to that yeah
0: i thought the voice sounded familiar but like i thought it was gonna continue and uh it was over and i was like okay well i'll find out later and here i am <laughs> yeah
3: yeah yeah um so, so it was a super it's, a, it's just a it's very charming it's um if you want to just have a good time with the film um and w- when i i interviewed the director he w- he was mentioning how um like he has uh Friends that are are modern, you know, witches that he has books mm. on witchcraft. He definitely like tried to approach it by like in a humanizing way that shows that they're just quirky, regular human like people you would just meet at the store, you know. Yeah, um, and he definitely he def- achieved that for sure. Yes, yeah, right. And so, yeah, it's 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 very fun. Uh, so anyway, it's charming. Everything about the film is charming. Um, and check it out.
0: Yeah, it, it's a really, really fun movie. Um, it's... Um, I, I think the length really does help suit its... Um, I don't know. It, it's like punchiness. and it, It's sort yeah. of um condensed nature because the story is really very simple. Um, right. and it, it doesn't really spend a lot of extra time doing anything else. Uh, yeah, it doesn't stay
3: like, too long.
0: Yeah, and like... This is a filmmaker whose like only other film I've seen, I think, was a uh, Trash Fire, and I really, really dug that. But that had a lot more stuff to do and say than this one does. And yeah, uh, uh, th- that being said, like he does concentration, like in a script and in a performance, really well. Uh, yeah, and also just being able to see Ray Wise in new films is always a joy for me uh mm-hmm. and like he's got the best goddamn lines like i i gotta say his delivery yeah. of what he has is always perfect like yeah, i don't his know his role is great to do a second take it was
3: just like a plus uh uh-huh yeah that that was yeah. definitely like a, a positive um and uh, yeah i really just thought it was really fun yeah um cool. well um at that folks uh like we'll we'll wrap because that's our films for this week but folks at home stay tuned for uh we'll we're just gonna keep doing these every week until the the fest is over and then probably like a wrap-up and uh hopefully you get to catch some of them and and some of them will be in theaters or otherwise available or you know streaming moderately soon so so keep your eyes peeled and uh thanks for spending some time with us once more i'd like to extend a special thanks to our guests this episode and to all of you out there listening From the dawn of record human civilization, we've been fascinated by monsters and the monstrous. They've inhabited our dreams and nightmares, they've been our protectors and our villains, they've symbolized our fears and vices, our hopes and potential. Fears of creatures and the night that nourishes them were key inspirations and fuel for the rise of human civilization, the need to get out of the shadows, behind the walls, and into the light. In many ways, understanding our monsters is an important part of understanding our world and ourselves. So thank you for taking this journey with us, we humanoids from the Deep Dive.